You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First-Round Nothing, Head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode, where are we, 141A of Tales with GR. I'm your host, Terry Ryan Jr. Good to be with you. And uh, yeah, I suppose I have some news. So is it really news? A uh, notification. So a lot of people, it's funny, a lot of people when I run into them and I talk with them on the street, on the street, you know, because I'm always on the street. You know what I mean? I run into a lot of people that want to talk hockey and Shorzy and whatever, and they, some of them don't even know I have a podcast, so it's always good to get new listeners and attention and whatever it might be, you know, so. Thanks to everybody. I know it's an, it's a growing audience and uh, and all that. And uh, I a lot of people have enjoyed the guests and whatnot lately. Just know from, from some letters and and just meeting people out there and hearing what they got to say. Pretty passionate voices about some of the guests and whatever. And you know, some people like the solo outings and whatever. But uh, point is that I get a lot of suggestions. So to go on YouTube. And it's funny because most people that say that don't really listen. They just say, you know, if you want to get your podcast out there, go to YouTube. Now, it's funny. So now, anyway, the point is that I'm on YouTube. So Tales with TR is going to, other than this episode, I'm doing this one on Zoom. Um, real. Uh, anyway, I'll get into the reasons. But anyway, I use StreamYard when I have a guest. We just had Sean the Sheriff McMorrow on. I thought it went pretty well. So that was the first episode that I threw up there on, on YouTube, episode 140B featuring Sean, the Sheriff McMorrow. Now, if you want to check where, if you want to check it out, you go to the hockey podcast network, THPN. So it's, it's not my channel. It's the hockey podcast networks channel. Okay. And so we're going to post what I can, hopefully all, if not most episodes on there. But it's funny because, I mean, I know I have a lot of listeners, right? I know that just from seeing some numbers over the years. I don't play co- pay, pay close attention week to week, 
but once in a while, you know, it's, I might check in after a quarter and say, you know, how did we do? And I get sent some of the downloads and, you know, th tens of thousands. There's, uh, there's all kinds of listeners from all over the world. But what's funny is that every time I go to YouTube, it, with, in my case, I know in other cases, I know it seems to help, but I don't think people listening to this even care about it. And so I'm, le I'm letting you all know now I, on top of the show, because I really want to see where this goes. But, you know, I announced it when I announced a couple days ago, I just put a little thing out there on Instagram stories. And, you know, I four or 5,000 people saw it. I can see from there. And I know a lot. Listen, and honestly, the overwhelming feedback I had was, nah, you don't need to do that, which is weird because everywhere else says I got to be on YouTube and I got to be on TikTok. Now, because of the drink I got coming out and, uh, you know, Shorzy season two is probably going to help the platform and whatever. So I am going to get on TikTok real soon. It's funny that I was, I was the first person that I know of my age, like with my peers that was on there years and years ago when it was called something else, my daughter and I used to go on and just kind of lip sync and have, have a little fun with it. So I'm going to, so I do have like a TikTok account, but I really don't have much presence. So and I don't even really understand. If I do an Instagram story, I don't know. It seems to me that it's kind of the same setup. It, so I'm not sure what TikTok. I'm not really. I, I, I'm. I'm too busy. First of all, I got way too much going on to even answer answer messages. Man, it's let to let alone start a whole new form of social media. Now, people swore to me I needed Snapchat. I've had that now a few years, and I barely use it. I don't think I need to use it. Um, you know, I don't want to say who recommends it, but I don't know. After being on Snapchat for two or three years, I think it's people that are hooked up that want a fucking side piece. That That's what I think. Because otherwise, it's the exact same thing that happens on Instagram. And if you're single, you can head on people that way, can't you? I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there's something I don't see. But anyway, that's Snapchat. I'm getting ahead of myself. So I'm going to have a TikTok soon. But anyway, this is the YouTube. But since I did, I mean, nine out of 10 people would say, no, nah, you don't really need it. And it only has 118 views. So of the thousands of people that listen to this and the thousands of people that I know at least just saw that Instagram story, I don't usually look at exactly who listens to every fucking story or watches it. That would make a guy or a girl go fucking insane. But it's a poor man's way, I guess, to check some numbers, right? I mean, if just you have to think if, if, if X amount of people are following me and X amount of people comment when I have a podcast and when I put the podcast notifications out there i get a strong feedback and then i look at the numbers i have to think there's a correlation between what i put out there and what people decide to click on right but it's funny i can do a cameo i can do oh god any number thing sometimes i just skate around at the rink and go hey it's friday everybody have a good weekend this is who's on my podcast and that'll get thousands of views and shares and yet I go, okay, this episode, which everybody listens to anyway, is going to be on YouTube. Crickets. So I'm going to do it to do it for a month or two. Now, I'm with you. Like the, the podcast, what I listen to a lot. Okay. Um, I don't mind saying it. So I'm. Yeah. How do I? How do I? So. Yeah, most of the podcasts, are, let's say Overdrive. There's one I listen to. Um, even Chicklets, right, to a level. Uh, Chicklets, though, I've started to watch the YouTube just because they, they they do it. And I, I like that, that they got the little segments out there so I can kind of watch it. I can chip away, watch like maybe one story from a guest and then chip away, watch another part while I'm cooking dinner. You know, Chicklets, to me, is the only one that I really pay attention to on YouTube as well as the podcast, but everything from, you know, at any successful podcast, look at the Joe Rogan podcast. That's wildly successful. Whatever side of the fence you're on there, 
Um, I actually don't mind Rogan and Bill Maher because they both Rogan represents the right, Bill Maher represents the left, but they both have people from the other side of the coin on there, and it's usually an intellectual conversation as opposed to some fear mongering bullshit that you'll see on the cable TV. Okay. So let's just say there, let's say Joe Rogan, right? Like it wouldn't dawn on me to watch it, but I, I, I notice, you know, coming up, it's always offered to me on YouTube, I guess, cause I subscribe to the podcast maybe, and it's linked together with my Google, but like, you know what I mean? Like, but a lot of people go, Oh, I didn't even realize you could listen to it on audio. I, I'm like, what? Why would you care about watching two people talk to each other? But I guess there is an element aesthetically that people enjoy doing that, right? And I guess sometimes if I'm talking about a particular shirt or a picture or shirt, you know, or or my book or whatever, I guess I can kind of use, you know, it does help in some cases to have some level of video that you can watch. If I'm having a guest on like McMorrow, I guess you can probably see us the camaraderie a little better. So I do kind of understand it, but for me, I get it. I would, I would never, it doesn't dawn on me to take these podcasts and watch them. Again, the great example is overdrive. When I get back sometimes and I'm skimming through TSN, I'm like, Oh, it's cause I, what I do, I listen to it the next day as the Jeff Merrick show as, uh, Oh God, 32 thoughts. Ooh, Stephen A. Smith, you know, all the ones I already mentioned, Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. I've got probably 30 that I don't go a week without listening to. Of those, honestly, 29, I don't give a shit if they're on YouTube. I, and I, they, they might be. And then I look over and they got like a million hits, right? Or the story I told on Chicklets about knocking my teeth out. Um, for example, right? That's got five or 600,000 views on YouTube. It's wild. I, I mean, I wouldn't think of that. I guess people do. I, I would think, listen to it right on there. I took that story was on Chicklets. I don't even think it had that many listens as it, as opposed to views whereby for some, whatever is in the DNA of my podcast, it doesn't seem that people give a shit. So first of all, I really do appreciate everybody re that that's recommended it over the years, but we're going to try it out. At the end of three or four months, if there's cricket still, I'm just going to leave it. I I don't advertise much. I don't do barely anything until now on, on YouTube. Well, nothing until now. Um, I might allude to my podcast. Most interviews I do, I even forget to mention it. I don't think I even wrote it in my book. I don't think I allude to having a podcast in there. My second book, at least. I didn't have one the first time. So I really don't do much it, it seems to all happen organically and maybe i like well it's easier on me because i don't have to do any advertising or worry about it but i do find it curious that i think my podcast might be the only one because this will be the third time now i try it the other the other couple times was like a month here and there but still it never really took off on youtube so we'll see you want to check it out THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm going to do two or three months like this, and I'm going to record all of them. Now, this particular one that you're listening to today, this won't be on YouTube, okay? Uh, I just didn't have time today for the, for the setup. For many reasons, I didn't have time. And um, I got to update my computer as well. And... Uh, StreamYard needs to update, so that's what I normally use if I have a guest. Today, I'm using Zoom. Anyway, from here on in, after you hear my voice today, everything, including the last episode I did being the first one, the last one being the first one, you know what I'm saying? The last episode that I did before you're hearing my voice today was episode 140B with Sean McMorrow. That is on YouTube in its entirety. THPN, the Occupy's Cast Network. Subscribe if you like. Um, can't hurt. Probably help them. They're they're a great company that has many many uh, very entertaining podcasts. Without getting into each one, there's they number in the thirties. Check it out. But like I said, as far as mine, this will be a uh, 
this is the next couple of months are testing ground. And uh, if I don't if I don't see the numbers increase uh, at least tenfold, I'm not going to do it. So those of you that wanted that, then uh, get on it because it's not going to be here long if it doesn't succeed. I really enjoy the audio element of it. I never really had to worry about anything else. Uh, but I also care about the people listening to this. And if there's a sizable portion of you that really want to see it, then fuck it. I'll put all of them out there. Now, That, all that being said, the last one with Sean was the first one that I had the knowledge that it would be on YouTube, and it was a little bit of fun. And as we, you know, he's an easy guy to get along with. And I was kind of thinking that the whole time, like this is on camera, and I thought about it. I said, you know, there it does add a human element to it. And a little bit more context, too, when you can see the people and their surroundings, the setting. Uh, you know, even even as two people share a laugh, you can see if it's authentic or not. I mean, I do see the advantages. It just never came across my mind. In my mind, I'm looking at screens all day. I'm watching TV or I'm emailing or I'm doing some sort of business or conference call. I mean, it's all day long or I'm posting it's really, really gets fucking hard on the head. So my whole point when I listen to a podcast is not to have to look at a screen. But some people, again, are coming at it from the completely different angle, opposite angle. Maybe they're at work and they can't look at a screen. Maybe they're listening all day, right? Or maybe they're not as active on social media as I am. So it's not really that big of a deal. I mean, I can go into all kinds of reasons. So if you really, really want to watch then there it is, THPN, the Hockey Podcast Network on YouTube. Um, listen, I got to thank Steve Walton, Wendell Clark, and friends. Boy, the last week was a lot of fun. We went uh, last Thursday, Friday, Saturday in particular. We went to Clarenville, Newfoundland, Twillingate, Newfoundland, and Springdale, Newfoundland, and had a great time. Played three um, NHL alumni games, Wendell Clark and friends. Like I said, it was myself. As far as alumni now, it was myself. Wendell Clark, Darren Langdon, Rick Vive, Ron Duguay, Lucien Deblois, and Steve Penny, the old goalie from Montreal, the backup when they won it in 86. Well, the backup for the playoffs. Patrick Waugh came in at the end there and displayed a level of heroics that uh, are paralleled only by the most exciting, most triumphant moments in hockey history. In the 1986 Stanley Cup final, that was Patrick Waugh's coming out party, to say the least. But Steve Penny played on that team and was a damn fine goalie. And he came along with us, played play defense nonetheless, and he's not bad. But it really was uh, an awesome time. And those guys are are legends, to say the least. And to hear... I traveled, you know, we had three separate vehicles and I particularly traveled with, in the backseat of Darren Langdon's pickup with Ron Duguay in the front seat and Darren Langdon. Now, those of you that don't know Ron Duguay, press pause right now and just Google him and his antics, and his career. And this guy is a, nothing short of a rock star. The captain of the New York Rangers, a fucking solid career, an all-star a few of those years. Um, you know, unreal hair for the most part of his career. You know, had that flowing hair with no bucket. And uh, like I said, captain of the Rangers, and, you know, hung out. Is it Steve Rubell? Yeah, Steve Rubell with uh, Club 54. I mean, there's a movie on it. While they were there during that whole time, he told me some crazy stories. He dated Farrah Fawcett. Uh, Cher um, was married until recently, well, 10 years ago. Kim Alexis, a, a stunning model. And it's funny because my one of his last games, I would have played against him. In 2002-03, I went to Orlando. It was the Atlantic Coast League, but... Um, it, it all morphed into the East Coast League. It used to be that there was an Atlantic Coast League, an East Coast League, a West Coast League. And uh, now 
it's basically yeah it's all the east coast thing i mean each i think the coast was always the most uh relevant i suppose uh but you know it's all the same kind of markets uh they, I, when i played the coast you know it always had i don't know 10 to 20 teams in it but uh when it absorbed those other leagues now there's pretty much pretty much an east coast league team for every nhl team not quite exact but almost it's getting that way i think it will be soon that pretty much the whole league is affiliated so i mean i mean it's the east coast hockey league right so san diego and anchorage are in that now that's that's why i don't think they even go by the east coast league it's just the echl as a brand but anyway when i played in in, in orlando point is it was the same level so when i played in orlando um i we played against Jacksonville Jaguars, and that was 0203. So I guess Ron would have been my age now. And uh, he came out, man, no bucket, and played well. He scored a goal, had an assist. He was good. And I guess I would have been 26, and he was 46. And uh, I have just nothing but great memories. And I remember Kim Alexis, he was still married to her. She was sitting behind the bench, an absolute rocket. And, uh, you know, the whole buzz during the game before the game, after the game, was like Ron Duguay was going to play. Because he didn't play all year. He came back, and I think he played the last six games of the year and then uh, in the playoffs, which we won. But uh, anyway, that guy, so he'd been on my radar since then. Well, on my radar since I'm a kid, but you know, it was cool to play against him. I shook his hand that night. But to get to travel with him across Newfoundland, and, you know, he's Mr. He goes out with Sarah Palin now. Again, politics aside, we had an unreal chat about that. He he brought her up on FaceTime and, uh, you know, had a, just a genuine. And Ron's genuine. So people think these stories are going to go to some dirty place or or some gangster's paradise. But no, not at all. He just he met these women because he was in the public eye in New York, man. And, you know, he doesn't even seem like a really big time party guy he's he's like i would be man the, the club 54 is there i'm the captain of the rangers i'm not the captain i mean if i was like he was i mean he's from sudbury right small town canada so two oh one sec i gotta get the cat the cat goes in and out 15 times an hour not a day a fucking hour one sec jesus cats Newfoundland in the winter, right? The cats and I live on the water there. Or the water. Not on the fucking water. There's a river very, very close to my backyard. It's not mine, but there's my backyard, then a, a, an old train track that's been ripped out now. We don't have a train track here anymore, but it's just, it's just cobblestone. But it's a nice walk throughout the city because the train track was, the train was designed to go through the city. People heard me say the term Newfie Bullet. That's what they, they used to call the train. And that, went extinct i guess i remember seeing it so it was in my lifetime maybe when i was five but the track is still there and it's a beautiful wooded area and right on the other side of the track is a nice waterford valley river with a nice waterfall so it's a cool place to live from that perspective but no the land isn't mine it's the cities and no one's going to build on it it's one of those protected areas throughout the city so it's nice um, but the cats like going out there but it's so cold and they just, at this point, you know, they'll meow and meow and meow until they get out. And then they get out and they're out for all of five minutes and then meow, 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 meow. Yeah, it doesn't stop. So at night, it's tough when you're going to bed because they'll meow and meow and meow and you hope that it only goes on for 20 or 30 minutes because once you let them out, then you can't really go to sleep because then they're meowing and they will not stop until they get in. So you just got to kind of hope it. Or the weather's weather is unbelievable. On a, on a, when the weather is unbelievably awful, it's actually fairly relaxing because the cats don't and because the cats don't want to go out. And it's a smaller place. My whole house is only six hundred and fifty or seven hundred square feet. So the cats meow. The cats meow. Right? You got to deal with it. But I love them, of course, Princess Norio. So we put up with it. But. Uh, in January and February are the worst because uh, 15 times an hour might be an exaggeration, but at least five each, at least five in each an hour. That's like every five or 10 minutes, right? Are you ready for the biggest Sunday in sports? 
DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57, has all the Super Bowl action you need. New customers can bet just $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get in on the Super Bowl 57 excitement with DraftKings Happy Hour Super Boosts. Check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day between 3 p.m. Pacific and 6 p.m. Pacific to see what prop bet will be boosted. So, what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the promo code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on Super Bowl 57 and get 200 in bonus bets instantly. Again, that's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 57. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. You've probably found that the smallest changes to your routine can actually make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make a big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change if it's something you use every day, just like Raycon earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can build great habits without breaking the bank. Whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that will last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yep, Raycon's start at half the price of other premium audio brands. That means you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each, or a pair and a spare, and still pay less than you would with some of the other guys. Even if you know you'll love your Raycon's, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. They offer buy now, pay later options, and every purchase has an easy and free return guarantee. Ready to buy something small with a big impact? Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. Again, that's buyraycon.com THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com THPN. But anyway, getting back to it, Ronnie Dugay, just a brilliant guy. And yeah, I had it in my mind that he was some Cartier, that Cartier womanizer, I guess you could say. Or I always hated that word womanizer, though, because, you know, I've dated a lot of women. I'm single now, and I date, and I, I'm not exclusive to one woman, but I think I have a decent relationship with anybody that I've ever taken out or been together with or, or married to or whatever it might be, you know, and I, you know, so I guess the numbers of women that I've had an intimate encounter or relationship with are probably higher than if I got married and stayed faithful when I was 19, but it doesn't mean I or Ron is a womanizer. Not that anybody said that, but I just hear that word all the time, and I, I just don't like that word, womanizer. I just don't like it. Um, and that's not what he is at all. He's not even really a partier. Ron, he, he was, you know, I know he, 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 we got, I, I, I learned a lot about him in, in three or four days. And, you know, he, he, he does have a lot of female friends and acquaintances. But they all seem to really love him, you know, and and just we got talking and, you know, comparing stories and, you know, I'm looking at his Instagram and asking him about this girl and that girl. And, you know, a lot of he's like, Terry, I don't necessarily, you know, bang all these women type of thing. He's like, I just, you know, I I really enjoyed my time in the limelight, especially in New York and in the NHL. And I always felt coming from Sudbury that I was raised right. And. You know, I met a lot of people along the way and, you know, the, I couldn't believe it. The way he explained it, it was so humble and opposite of what I thought. Uh, just a, a great guy, really, really down to earth. And even as far as the parting, he's like, you know, I had a chance to hang out in these places. And he said, of course, we we all did. He goes, at, at no point did I ever, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you know, the guy can sit and have a beer and he's doesn't seem like an addict. I mean, I don't know what kind of trouble he's had in his life, but he seemed to be in a comfortable place with that with me. I mean, I thought I was just going to see this guy that wanted to go to the strip club wherever we went 
and be pounding fucking shots all day. It wasn't like that at all, at all. A very, very sensitive, um, interesting, intellectual person to talk to. And uh, and again, geez, he was going out with Sarah Palin. So I get, you, know, you can't judge a book by the cover. By the cover, I wouldn't have expected that. Um, but he was actually, yeah, it's just a real, real nice guy. And uh, Rick Five, and Rick used to coach on the St. John's. He used to coach this coach the St. John Flames when I was in Fredericton. Those that don't know. St. John and Fredericton are cities in New Brunswick. So St. John was just a, an hour and change down the road from Freddie. And uh, we would play them a lot. And I was, anyway, I, I won't put words in Rick's mouth either, but, you know, I told some Michelle Terrian stories from back then and he didn't disagree. And by the way, side note, um, with the Terrian stories, You know, I was at an event recently where I had to speak, okay? And one of the people asked, you know, tell us a story about that fucked up Mike Tarion. Michelle Tarion, I guess they said, I call him Mike. We called him Mike when he coached us. Look, I don't want to do that. I told The stories that I told in my book are pretty much the big ones. You know, um, I, 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 I have three or four funny kind of go-to Tarion stories. But at this point, I don't tell them. To, to try to make him seem like a fuckhead. Um, he was ignorant to me, but that was honestly, it was so long ago. It was last goddamn century, last millennium. You know, I have to think that Michelle grew up a little bit since. So I don't like to, and, and he did, man. He did a lot of things that made me feel like shit, but I don't know. So did my mom back then. Now, do I think my mom's a better person than Michelle Turner? Yes, I do. But I just wasn't probably the easiest to deal with. I thought I was. I was till that point, but I didn't really face adversity. Now, in a very childlike grade three-ish, he started it kind of context. You know, in my mind, he did. So back then, I didn't, you know, once he treated me like shit, I wanted out. Fuck you. And well, I didn't want out right away. But, you know, I, I didn't ever think about just going in and talking and being honest with him. So those stories I told are true, but. I hope, like, it's my hope that Michelle Terrian improved as a person. So I don't want to sit here and keep nailing that coffin in the ground, you know? I, I, I want to, know, to, to, to think, to assume that he's grown at least. And at some point, I'm going to meet the motherfucker, right? I'm going to run into him again. And I want to be able to put out my hand and shake it. Because life's short. Fucking a lot of things get taken out of context. I do think he was an asshole to me, but I certainly wasn't. I didn't react like a professional, and I should have been a professional. So, you know, I'm going 60-40, okay? <laughs> Whatever the fuck it might be. But I don't want to tell stories. The point is, in, 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 with the main point of the story, to put down Michelle Terrian, you know, there was... Like I've often said, there were there were times that he tried to reach out. Remember once he called me at the front of the bus and started talking about the Beatles. He had this like the Beatles were in the paper, something was in the paper. I think the anthology was being released or something. And he called me up, and I knew he wasn't fucking interested. He he called Paul McCartney, Paul McCarthy. He didn't have any idea what he was talking about, but he was trying to relate. He was terrible with people, but he did try, right? He tried. Um. So, whatever. You want you want to know most of the Michelle Terrian stories by the books. I got two or three gold ones in there. Yes, they're true. I wouldn't have told them, but it's a long, long time ago, man. And people change, and I hope the fuck he did. Um, but it was awesome. Those places, Springdale, Twillingate, Clarenville, they really, really put up. And both all all three places were just about sold out. I think Springdale was. Lots of fans. Uh, and close games. We go in to play the locals, right? So Twillingate and Springdale, we lost by one goal. That was, in each case, scored in the last minute. Um, I think we won in Clarenville by two or three. You know, it's a level. You want to see the NHLers, right? So we're out there. We're skating hard. We're playing. But there's no, I don't know, we're not hooking and we're not holding. We're certainly not hitting. And if a local, you know, they pay, pay money to play against us. And it's all a fundraiser, so... 
Um, you know, I'm not going to say a lot of the guys I'm playing with are older. And then we always take three or four locals that probably, you know, that, that need the help when we take them. So a lot of our team is, yeah, they're NHL, but they're fifties and sixties. And, uh, you know, then we, we always have whatever locals they give us. We, we really don't have any say in that. So the point is not to go out and win for those that think like we, we pulled into Springdale. We sat down to have chicken. Well, whatever we're going to have for our pregame. And one of the guys that was working in the restaurant or maybe ran it, he came out and said, they're going to lick you tonight. They're ready for the game. They're coming out hard. And we're like, well, that's all right. I don't know if that's quite the point though, you know, but some places you go, they, they think it is. So they're, you get this mix, but in the, all three of these games was kind of the perfect happy medium, right? No one was taking it absolutely too serious. Although Ally Afraidy fucking cleaned out a guy. I think it was by accident in Twillingate. And they did go a little hard, but, you know, there's an understanding that, I mean, we got guys out there with no helmet on, right? I mean, I got no shoulder pads on. I mean, it's not one of those games. So it's nice that in all three places we found the perfect recipe. And it's always wicked when it gets down to the last minute and it's tied. Because then... And, you know, you want either Wendell Clark to score it or a local, right? You, you either want to win by a goal or two, you know, the empty net maybe, or the other team, like I said, same thing, right? And in this case, yeah, Springdale's case, it was awesome. It was They, they were up 5-1. We came back, and I think it was 9-9 or some shit like that. And Wendell hit the post, and everybody's into it, and then uh, local went down and, and made a nice move. And uh, went upstairs off the bar. So everybody kind of wins in that situation, right? But it's just nice again to get out post-fucking pandemic. And and because I know it's been post-pandemic for a while. But certain things I do remind us that, you know, the way it used to be. In other words, Wendell and Friends, we did a couple of those in 2019. Ally Afraidy was the other one. Jesus, I nearly forgot to mention Ally Afraidy. And he's great, right? And a lot of the boys, and you got to realize, we go out there, of course we get paid, and we do the game, and we we generally split the money with the community, and then we we leave some things for silent auction. They make money, we make money, certainly not not a lot. Being that, these guys, Wendell, Ally Afraidy, Rick Five, I mean, I go down the list, these guys are fucking superstars when they played. Rick Five just had his record broken by Austin Matthews. I know the kind of money we're talking about, and these guys don't absolutely need the money. It's nice to go and get paid, and but they're more there to meet the people, do the thing. Wendell, I mean, after the game ends, there's nothing more required. But in each case, Wendell and company, pretty much every guy, at least one of the nights, most guys all nights, went out afterwards to the reception, had some drinks. Two of the three nights, we shut her down, two or three, two or three in the morning, and Wendell stays there, man, in Springdale, the last night of it. It was the... Um, we were at the local Legion kind of dinner theater kind of hall, um, like a Lions Club t- type thing, you know. And I was leaving. I looked over. I must have left at two thirty, and Wendell was still there, you know. And as was Al, and uh, a few of the guys. I mean, the guys Ron and them left early, quote unquote early, being like one thirty, and uh, they just. I can tell, you know, these guys going. It's not a chore to them. And uh, we, we don't even necessarily get blasted either time either. I mean, sometimes one of those nights I tied one on, sang some songs. But another night, it's just nice to talk with locals about hockey after, you know, not being able to get out for so long and, uh, you know, have some local food and drink and cheer, if you will. And uh, it's almost like an extended Christmas. So thanks to everybody involved. I know there's a lot of people out there that listen to my podcast we had a great Q and A's after each after each game, and honestly, I really appreciate it. And what I love about doing these, and it, when I get out to those communities, and you know, Twillingate, Springdale, Clarenville, they're not Clarenville's on the highway; they're off the beaten path. Springdale and Twillingate, Twillingate especially, really off the beaten path. And uh, you know, when you go to these places that you wouldn't normally just pass through, it's nice to see people that. You know, not only listen to Shorzy or watch Shorzy or listen to Chicklets, but listen to my podcast. And there was an awful lot of them out there. And, and a lot of you bought books. 
and we had some great conversations and offered um, local hospitality in its finest forms. So thank you very much. It was much, much appreciated. And I could say my best time of the year so far, but it's only February. Honestly, a beautiful little memory that normally the memory would be hanging out with Wendell Clark, Ron Duguay, listening to stories, Rick Vive, right on and on. But uh, it's as much about the people that we met. And I'm not just saying that this isn't lip service. It was downright emotional in some of those places, hearing some stories and, you know, people coming out and, hey, Terry, you know, one guy came out, man, he lost his fucking leg with diabetes and he used to play hockey. And uh, this was in Clarenville. I used to play hockey in Clarenville. We lost uh, in the Allen Cup final in a damn fine team, one of the best senior teams you'll ever see. And uh, in, in any given year, but uh, in this particular year that we lost was 2016 and 17, I think. 2016. So, you know, I and I played with the Caps, St. John's Caps, against them numerous times. So a lot of the fans in Clarenville, I just forgot their names, but I recognized them. One dude there had, uh, had that misfortune. And, you know, so to talk to somebody that went through that trauma face-to-face, that's why I love face-to-face. I fucking hate getting the messages on, I mean, I'd say I hate getting them. That's why it's often uh, much, much easier to, to meet people face to face and chat. Anyway, we did. And I, uh, this particular gentleman, I'm not sure he wants me to say his name, he bought a book. And uh, so I gave him, I gave him an old rector or jersey that I had from one of these events from a few years ago. And I signed it, and the fucking guy started crying, man. It meant a lot, and you don't you don't normally get that over text or one-way conversations on social media. You uh, you get it through meeting people authentically and organically. And uh, honestly, it was the trip moved me. It was three days of meeting people, talking hockey, and playing hockey, and looking up to my idols and being able to be one of their peers for a weekend. It was. You'd think that an ideal trip for me would be to go to Dominican right now on an all-inclusive or something and sit on a beach, but I'm not shitting you. It was as much fun to me. And it was a snowstorm at record lows. We were in Twilling Gate. I don't know if we were getting out. It was minus 30, which it never gets in Newfoundland, um, and uh, blowing snow, but I wouldn't trade it for the world. So thank you to every fucking one of you guys that made that happen. Players, management, local hospitality, all alike. Thank you. Hey, we want to talk, or you want to talk music, some of you, and commented when I put up my stories and everything. I I often get comments on Instagram. I mean, I often get comments on the tunes I, I choose. And a lot of people wanted to know, I had this song playing. It's called On the Hood. And it's by Matt Mays and El Torpedo. El Torpedo's band, Matt Mays, as well. Matt Mays is from uh, Coal Harbor. He's from where Sidney Crosby and Nathan McKinnon are from. Yeah, Matt Mays is from Coal Harbor. So the, the song On the Hood, now you, you can get in, hold on, Matt Mays has a lot of music, so I don't want to get into each. And he does play some with El Torpedo. I mean, I believe there's a whole album. Um yeah, there is. 2005, Matt Mays and El, El Torpedo. But he's got his own albums, Coyote, Terminal Romance, Matt Mays. Um, Matt Mays, Matt Mays. And he's got a lot of good tunes, okay? Like, I could get into many, many, many. Um, some of my favorites, yeah, City of Lakes, Cocaine Cowgirl. Um, and the one that I was playing that day is On the Hood, Okay. So the reason I guess a lot of you haven't heard it is because I don't think it was released in the United States. It's like I, 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 a lot of my American friends and wherever you were listening to from around the world, if you really don't know who Tragically Hip are yet, like before Matt Mays or anything, go check that out now. You needed to see that yesterday. Uh, the Tragically Hip, Gord Downey, who's passed away a few years now, God rest his soul. Really, and one of the best singer-songwriters ever in Canada. 
The band is legendary. A lot of people would put them number one. Really meaningful music, Canadiana. That's tragically hip. I'm, I'm assuming most people know because they didn't release a lot in the States. But yeah, it, it, I don't know. When, when I talk to musicians worldwide, and I know a lot, they seem to know who Gord Downey and Tragically Hip are like they know who Leonard Cohen was, right? But Leonard Cohen really had, an, had more of an impact because he had hits all over the world. But but still, Leonard Cohen's in the same kind of ilk, right? A lot of people, if I was just to say it randomly in Walmart, a lot of people probably wouldn't. Well, who's that? The, the closer you get to music knowledge, say someone who's even taking guitar lessons or has any knowledge of music singer-songwriters at all or, or or classic rock or poetry because Leonard Cohen's a poet you would you would you would know who he was at least right and then you would probably you know allude to some of his better songs I don't know Suzanne uh, closing closing time is it uh, God the, the big one um, Alleluia Alleluia is is fucking phenomenal um you want it darker was his last one anyway i can keep fucking going through but on an atlantic canadian level i find matt mays is kind of like that like it's great music um that's my favorite album i'll see what the name of it is now it's the one that he did with el torpedo uh matt mays and el torpedo yeah okay and that's the name of the album but Really, my favorites on it are definitely Cocaine Cowgirl and On the Hood. So check out On the Hood. That's the one people. It's really catchy. It's uh, got great instruments. It's got some harmonies. I mean, I like it. If you like classic rock, I know a lot of you haven't heard of it. It's not quite as popular as the Tragically Hit, not, not, not close to as popular as Leonard Cohen. And I, and I don't want to put Matt Mays up there with Leonard Cohen. I'm just saying it's a damn fine Canadian band, Atlantic Canadian, Atlantic Canadian band with some fucking unreal tunes. And each time I put out one of Matt Mays' songs, I, I do get some feedback. So I, I, Matt Mays is somebody that I take for granted because he's from Coal Harbor, which those that don't know is right around Halifax. Again, Sidney Crosby's hometown, Halifax, Dartmouth area. It's right there. So, and you know, even though it's a long way away from me, Technically, it's an Atlantic Canada. It's one of our hubs. You know, if you're on a flight, you usually stop there. You're going to drive through Canada. You know, you'll. What keeps us so isolated, I guess, is the fact that we're an island. But one of the first places we ever go off the island is Halifax. So I've been there. I don't know. I wouldn't know where to begin 50 times. So, and whenever I'm there, I check out music downtown uh, Halifax. It's got a great fucking vibrating music scene. Um, each Atlantic Canadian city, I find, is almost overrepresented when it comes to the arts. Very artistic people. But check out Matt Mays. Start with On the Hood and Cocaine Cowgirl. Listen to that whole album. It's by far my favorite. But Matt Mays has some great songs in his own right, and I'll let you discover it on your own. Those are the ones I would start with, for sure. And if you like those, keep going. If not, hey, you've just listened to five minutes of me spurring nonsense, but uh, spewing nonsense. But I think most of you will like it. And if nothing else, you've gained some knowledge. Now you know who Matt Mays is. What else? I think I'm going to leave it right there. If you want to listen to YouTube, like I said, the door is now open. We're going to have merch soon. Real, real, real soon. I got some awesome hoodies, T-shirts, hats. We're going to go all the way with this. I'm teaming up with a partner. I'll announce it next week. And uh, we're going to have Brendan Brooks this week. Buddy of mine played a long time in the minors, played roller hockey team Canada with him, lives in Sault Ste. Marie. He's got a lot on the go. I'm going to have him on tomorrow. Friday, I'll be in Truro, Nova Scotia. Uh, we're playing a charity game there. I forget the name of the arena, but where the Junior A team plays. I really, it, It's fucking awesome atmosphere. I hope we get a few fans there. I've seen some Junior A games there, and I love the atmosphere. But I think we will because uh, it's a fundraiser. So I'll be there on Friday. Now we're going to have Brendan Brooks, like I said, tomorrow. I'll probably release that Friday. Then I got Andrew Shaw next week. We're going to interview him Wednesday. I have him on, on Thursday or Friday. I'll release it. And then the week after that, Darren Langdon and Darren Colburn. 
and then we're going to try to get Rick Five, Ron Dugain on down the list. Um, I'm I appreciate all the suggestions for everybody, but about guests, but I really do. I I have it pretty much set for the next few months. I I can rearrange some, but I uh, I've got it set for the next few months. We're going to get Tom Laidlaw on as well. I'm going to go on his podcast net with next week, and uh, Tom Laidlaw's. Ex-NHL All-Star turned agent turned Survivor contestant. He was on Survivor. Can't wait to hear about that. Anyway, there's where I'm going to leave it this week. So check it out if you'd like THPA, THPN on YouTube. If you're downtown St. John's, you want to grab a beer, why not go to Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Green Sleeves, Martini Bar, or the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to have a bite to eat, why not do it at Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, or Wedgwood Cafe. Outside of that, those are my favorite places, but Shop, eat local. It's a great time to do it. And uh, why not? We got, I'm sure, and when I say local, I'm not just talking to Newfoundlanders. I mean, wherever the fuck you are, you know, most businesses didn't have an easy time during 2020 and 21, what have you, the early part of this year. So let's put money back in their pockets and have fun doing it. Uh, Mr. Lube, two locations here in Newfoundland, here in St. John's, I mean. Torbay Road, Camelot Road, Live, Laugh, Lube. Run by, did I ever mention my buddy Chris Sparks, who will be joining me on Team Canada Masters in August. We're going to be in Buffalo playing the Masters World Championships with Team Canada, along with some other Newfoundlanders. I will announce it next week. And, uh, yeah, if you want to work out, you want to make a difference, you want to turn your life around, or you just want to stay fit, check out Power Conditioning on Rope Walk Lane. For strength and balance in the body and mind, power conditioning, second to none. And I am living proof of uh, the fantastic job that Ryan can do, Ryan and company, with the body and mind. I can't wait to go there again tomorrow. True hockey, take what's yours. And, of course, Pitbull Pain Relief, Pitbull Pain Relief Sticks. I swear by them. Go to pitbullpainrelief.com now and order yours. Thanks, everybody, for listening. This has been episode 141A of Tales with TR. Back in just a couple of days with BB, Brendan Brooks, one of my oldest hockey friends. Thanks a lot. Catch you on the rebound. See you soon.